This episode of podcast is brought to you once again. We're doing where there's not really a sponsorship, um, and then we're not really doing like a full-on recommendation that we usually do. We just are once again providing the links in the episode just to please show little support and help for the people in Ukraine that need it the most and can make sure that everybody is safe and okay during this time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that is filmed in black and white. I'm Zach. It's recorded in black and white. Well, filmed in black and white, <laughs> but we aren't there yet. <laughs> Eventually, we will be. Yeah. Uh, I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today, we are to discuss the impact on black and white films. So, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know. We, I didn't really give, like, a whole, like, yeah, so synopsis I, on I, I what was going on. I don't know exactly, like, if you were talking about, like, the, like the impact of black and white films films that like the impact that it's had on the entire film industry as a whole Mm -hmm. or so though i didn't do that because i was like i I don't know i don't Mm -hmm. know but um the i basically was like what does black and white bring to the table yes well i mean kind of both because like obviously there has been like a thing where you know up until like what like the mid 30s like color wasn't a thing like, and if you did have color, you had to do it in a crazy way to do so. So it's yeah. like what black and white films brought to the table from that. Yeah. And I did a little bit of research. I don't know how like much you did for it. Um, obviously, like since the creation of like films, it's always been like black and white. But there were actually times where you could do color in it. Like the only shitty thing was, and I feel bad for the people that had to do it, yeah. was for every single frame, you had to color in the spot that you wanted it to be colored. You literally have to hand paint every single film cell. Yeah. It's like insane. It's it's nuts. Like, I don't know how you could do it. So a lot of the times doing it just black and white was much easier. Yeah. And it created a very dynamic thing that is still used today. Because there are a lot of films that decided to go black and white nowadays that we love as well. I want to save that for like towards the end, but I don't know. Like, I'm I'm curious to see like what you kind of like took away from like black and white films because I have kind of like a brief history on some things for it. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to go over that? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, I did a little bit of research again. Like I said, so the 1920s was when films kind of had like what's called as two tones, where they they use like the the tones of gray and black to kind of like dynamically show what's going on in the films but it wasn't really until the german expressionist films during world war one era that really kind of took off and there there are some really great ones in there too that i even i forgot about like one of my favorite films for old school horror was nosferatu and that was used very very well just because they also used a, a color technique to show that it's nighttime where they kind of did like this blue overtone for it. Yeah. Um, and then also to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which is renowned as air quotes, the first zombie film. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really done well as well. And those films kind of like brought over to America showcase that black and white films can mainly be used for stuff like horror. Yeah. Like you can show the darkness. You can show like the fear of the unknown. And that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, 
again too, like later on moving forward, they notice that you can use it for like high contrast with lighting. Oh yeah. And I think the best case scenario that was shown from that was again, like during the 1930s, film noir became such a massive thing. Yep. And film noir like ended up being this showcase of gritty, dark, like crime because using the blackness of black yeah. and using like the gray tones to create light and shadow. Yeah. I think like a lot of people tend to forget like, Oh, Alfred Hitchcock's psycho was filmed and released in black and white. Mm-hmm. But during that time, color film was ready, like easily oh, yeah. accessible. Most films are being released at that point, you know, in color. Mm-hmm. So like, it's an aesthetic choice yeah. to make that movie in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more? Anything else that you want to... Um, yeah, so, like, it also, like, later on in time, too, like, using this, like, this black and white contrast was, again, an easy way to show good and evil. So, I don't know, like, how much you've seen, like, of... Um, oh, I've seen. I've oh, seen. Oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> of old school samurai films. Um, they literally show it with... The bad guy wearing all black, black yeah. and the good guy wearing all white. Yeah. And it's this dynamic thing that like early, early on, you could just literally show physically who is good and who is evil. Yeah. And I thought that was a really, really cool idea that obviously now, like in day and age, you kind of kind of have to like coast with, you know, dialogue and like sometimes even looks yeah. to showcase that like they're the bad guy, the antagonist. Right. Yeah. But back then, you could easily show, like, just by physical demeanor. Right. Yeah. I think black and white obviously started off as a necessity because they just didn't have the capabilities to film in color. And then it immediately turned into a style. Yes. Um, I think that... I really enjoy looking at black and white movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because of how jarring it is, the first time it comes on we, we we are so used to films that are filmed in color because 99 percent of movies that are released today are filmed of course in color mm-hmm. um that when a black and white film does get released it's it makes you sort of uncomfortable for just a second yeah um i think that that be i think that there is like an actual real thing though to be said about why that is mm-hmm. because black and white is extremely unrealistic yes. when it comes to us as humans being able to process things. And that because was the, we don't see things in black and white. Exactly. And that was well, unless you're colorblind. But right, yeah. Um, but even then, tech, sometimes they don't even see. You can see in different colors. <laughs> but yeah, that was a quote too that I brought out from um man named Frank Darentan, who like I didn't really go too too far. I meant to. I meant to look up like who he was because I'm sure he's like big in the industry. But he had like a quote saying that like you know black and white films make it feel unreal. Yeah, and that's very very interesting because it's like yes, it doesn't make it look unreal like you said. We don't see in black and white, so right. it immediately kind of like transports us to like a different world almost. Right, and I think that that is why what you were mentioning about like the German expressionist like movement that was happening, I think that that's why black and white works so well because like look, you look at 
you look at like a modern day Tim Burton film who <laughs> in, he's very inspired by like German expressionism. Like you yeah. look at his version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and it's so German expressionist. Mm-hmm. Like the, the towns, the way everything looks, it's just so German expressionist. Even like that, the animated movie, like Frankenweenie, like you can see where it's like yeah. he took inspiration from black and white films. Even right. And that's why that that's why that I think that they went with that because there's there's like a disconnect mm-hmm. in in the human brain with looking at something in black and white, yeah, versus looking at something in color. So you have this like strange disconnect in your brain, and then on top of that, everything is very jagged and mm-hmm. weird in the movie itself. So it's even more kind of. It, it, it's like Vertigo, the movie Vertigo. Yes. It's just like throwing you all over the place and you don't know what the hell's up and down. And I think that that's why it works so, so well. I, I really love how unrealistic black and white movies can make things feel. Yeah. But on the, on the opposite spectrum, black and white movies can make things feel super realistic. It's very interesting. It is because like you have films where it's like, historically accurate films just almost transport you to like like again for us like in this time era of like you know the 21st century where if we watch a film in like the 1920s that is set in reality it feels like almost like it was a documentary it feels like almost like they just filmed it in that time era well, because that's what they had because black and white has a way of of feeling timeless and classic yes and a film that I really wanted to talk about was two two films actually, mm-hmm. um, because they can mi- the the whole thing of a black and white movie is that it, it can really mimic kind of like a specific time period. Yeah. So like Ed Wood is a I really was actually, good example. I wrote about Ed Wood because again I know this is like your only like Mar- the one the only one Tim, Tim Burton, Burton that <laughs> I, I kind of like uh the one with Johnny Depp where he's the barber and he slits people's oh, throat. Oh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah that, that one that one's Todd. cool too. Um, Ed Wood is interesting because it's filmed in black and white, mm-hmm. and then at that in the in during the time period of Ed Wood, he was making these kind of I don't want to call them obscure; they're just really weird and not very low budget horror films yeah. that were being released in well, black and white. Plan Nine from Outer Space is a good movie. <laughs> um, so he, I've never seen it. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, so he. <laughs> He, he's releasing films in black and white at that time. And then the movie that is documenting his life is being filmed in black and white. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just, you know, it's a good kind of like reference. Point. Yeah. And I think it adds to it too, with the fact where it's like, again, it's a real person who did real things. And then Bella Lugosi being a part, I mean, not actually Bella Lugosi, right, but like yeah. an actor playing Bella yeah. Lugosi. It's like having those familiar faces in that time era really brings you to a way where, like I said, it feels like it could have just easily been a documentary. And yeah. we would have just been like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other movie that I really wanted to kind of highlight as to why it works so well, I think specifically in black and white, is Schindler's List. Yeah. Um, because. It paints a very, very dark period in history. That and also if you look at photographs from World War Two, of everything that's been going everything that that happened Mm -hmm. the majority of the photography that you're going to see is black and white yes and filming the movie during world war ii and looking at the 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 photography that is all in black and white 
it links them together mm-hmm. in this like kind of hyper realistic like hey it, it just it, it's just somehow links the movie to the photographs being in black and white that no other the color just doesn't it just doesn't do the same no and it would not have been the same movie had they decided to do it in color right um so I think it's really interesting how black and white can somehow simultaneously be super unrealistic, but then also make things feel so realistic. Yeah, it is very interesting. And like one other thing that I wanted to bring up too about like the unrealistic side was black and white films have like a really cool way of creating like a very surrealism style. Yeah. And specifically speaking, Eraserhead by David Lynch, like that movie is nuts. I know we talked about it where it's like that could have been like one of our horror films for yeah, October. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but like it's so surrealistic because like you have scenes where it's like the main character, you have him in the foreground and it's just in the background, like it almost like he's he's translucent and like all these things happening, like the the crazy cheeked lady coming through and like explosions yeah. and the baby and it creates oh, the radiator lady. <laughs> oh yeah, the radiator. <laughs> yeah. She's so weird, like stepping on the fucking what, like bugs or something. Oh, that movie <laughs> gives me nightmares. Um, but yeah, like it creates like a very surrealistic style. Like again, too, in Citizen Kane with the stuff of the um, the snow globe, like dropping that and like yeah. having that kind of like surrealistic style look of it being broken and the butler coming in, like. Yeah. It just creates very, very dynamic shots. Yeah. And it's something that, like, is very hard to replicate with color films. Right. I mean, you you were mentioning, like, how high contrast. I mean, Citizen Kane is the first thing that came into my head when you get that opening shot of, mm-hmm. of them at the uh, the reporters, like, at the, you know, at their whatever, at their desks. And get that really high shot and the windows are just pouring in light. And it's like, you 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 can get light beams in, in uh, color. Obviously, yeah. but the black and white makes it look so much more dynamic. It does. And like even bringing it to like a modern experience, like when we did a uh, Mad Max Fury Road, like a couple months afterwards it coming out, I found out that they ended up doing a black and white version of it. And that's interesting. It, it I, wonder, is, I wonder if it works. All, so like, I, I looked into it a little bit. So stuff like the the tornado scene looks absolutely gorgeous. Like it looks amazing, but scenes where it's like in the beginning when Tom Hardy's character like runs and like he gets to like the cliff and he looks up and sees like the giant um, like stone wall and then the vegetation on top. It's hard because they didn't design it for black and white. So they didn't contrast the greens on top as much. And don't they reference a lot in that movie, like the green place or something? So it only becomes like comedic where it's like, oh, we must go to the green place, but like you can't see the green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's weird. But even too, like one of your favorite films, like the first portion of wizard of Oz. Yeah. Is just like, obviously when color gets brought in, it's something dynamic, but there's something to say about how, eerie and unrealistic like it becomes being black and gray like when the house gets lifted up by the tornado and the witch is flying it it instills fear like it creates a fearful experience moves me to the next point which is i love that the feelings it black and white can convey Mm -hmm. um and it's usually not positive feelings truthfully yeah it's usually feelings of isolation desolation and dread horror, horror you know which is why it works so well for like early horror films right um obviously like the isolation and desolation works really well 
like you were mentioning in like the classic kind of like noir films mm-hmm. because noir films tend to be dirty and gritty um and you know we get movies like even like modern day ones like sin city yes which is, i put in too where it's like you get a touch of color but right the black and that one's a little bit different too because it's like I wouldn't really call it black and gray. It's not gray. technically black and I would call it literally black and white because like the black is like pitch black and yeah. the white is like stark fucking, white. Exactly. Yeah. So it it's an homage to black and white films. Yeah. Um I don't know if you've ever seen Christopher Nolan's following. Uh it's like a noir movie, black mm-hmm. and white. It came out in like nine I think I think that might be his debut. Mm-hmm. Um again, like making an aesthetic choice. Obviously in the nineties color movies were that were what was being released. The original Scarface, yeah, black and white. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen M by uh, Fritz Lang. Is a I believe a German noir about like this like serial killer who's only killing kids, hmm. and then and it's it's actually very good. Mm-hmm. We should, we need to do that. Um, M is again is black and white, and it the thing is though, right? These black and white movies that are that are. Uh, that the, and these noirs that are filmed in black and white, they're they're dirty, they're grimy, and mm. the black and white makes it feel it enhances that. It makes it feel even dirtier and grimier. Yes, and it works to a lot of the film's advantages, especially too when you have people like nowadays that are trying to emulate that with one of our favorite films, The Lighthouse, right by Robert Eggers. Like it, it is in. Black and gray, it is set on, like, it's done on film, so it's like, you get that old school feeling to it, and everything just feels, like, dirty and grimy. Like, you get that from, like, one of the opening scenes where it's, like, when young Tom, like, is standing outside, like, smoking the cigarette, and he looks up at the lighthouse, and it's, like, that stark background of, like, the pitch black and then the lighthouse just shining through. Yeah. And it's these moments where black and white films create such an illusion of like the unknown and the known yeah visually yeah i mean it does in my opinion a movie that we haven't spoken about in a while that when you when you were talking about this this movie came into my head and i was like wow i can't believe that i forgot about this movie and i want to rewatch it the divide no <laughs> <laughs> um the eyes of my mother yeah Man, we were on like such a kick for like months talking about Love the Azamaya. that movie. Yeah, black such and white, a crazy film. Um, and I think that the black and white really, really enhances that movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it brings it to a place where it's like it's just so again scary because it's so dark and like gloomy yeah. and gross. Yeah, we got to do that movie. <laughs> I need to watch that. That movie's mm. so good. Um. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think that there's a lot of benefits. I think obviously the contrast, I just think that the style, um, and I think that it's really good. It kind of pays like homage, you know, like modern day black and white movies. They're kind of like tilting the yeah, hat tip of the a hat little bit, you know, for uh, just like paving the way. Um, do you have anything else? No, that's it. I mean, like, again, black and white films just have like such a wide array of things that they can yeah. do. And like it's they- kind of unfortunate because I think like, a lot of uh, a studios, a lot of studios won't even make a movie if yeah. if it's like, hey, I plan on making this in black and white because statistically, like they just don't do well. Like, and because I, people, you know, modern day kids, like, man, there's so many times where, uh, you know, 
a 10 year old kid won't even like touch a movie because it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. I used to be like that when I was a kid. I don't want to exactly. watch a movie because it's in black and white. That's why. Like there are, there are certain films where it's like, you know, Clerks by Kevin Smith. It took me fucking years to watch that because it was in black and white. But I had seen the second one like 12 times already <laughs> because the first scene is in black and white and then it goes straight into color. Yeah. So it's like I get that. Like kids just don't want to see black and white films. Yeah. Because I think the perception is that it's old. Right. Like it, that it's, it's old and that it's boring. Yes. I and think that's that not that's, the case. I think that's a very very bad miss like that's that's yeah. a you're i think you're you're gonna miss a lot of movies yeah and then even on like the opposite end like i know that there are times where it's like black and white films were reproduced in color because people were like oh we want to see this in color yeah like i don't know if you knew but psycho was made in color yeah, like and afterwards it's, and it's not good oh it's it they looks look, so weird they, they look strange mm-hmm. because the thing is you don't know what the colors were mm-hmm. at that time so you make it up in your head right you're making well right and the thing is but that's also like if if the movie is released in black and white and then they and then they you know digitalize it and then make it in color wh- whoever is sitting in that seat who's doing the colors is just making it up as they go like yeah. if the car is if the car was actually black and they decide to make it yellow like that's just they they just decided to make it yellow yeah. like that's what it is now same thing for like um one of the best things to ever come out for like zombie films, Night of the Living Dead yeah. by Giorgio Romero. Like the zombies look terrifying because they're in black and white. Yeah, you colorize it. Colorize yeah. it. They're, it's very weird. Like I've, I've seen like the colorized version. Yeah. It's just like a little bit of splotches of like gray makeup. Yeah. And then like a little bit of blue around the forehead and that's right. it. Yeah. And it just kind of ruins it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they should make black and white movies in color if they were intended to be shot in black and white and filmed for being black and white. Yeah. So. I feel like it's it's a timeless thing that like needs to come back because it is very interesting when it's done right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing also is that like if it's a good movie, you don't even... No, because it takes even, like 10 minutes to get into it and then you're just with right, it. Right, yeah. Like the... I don't... The, the, if there's anything that I ever say about Robert Eggers' Lighthouse... I just say that I love it. I'm never like, yeah, hey, it's in black and white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like you just... don't even realize it that it's in black and white after like five minutes. Right. Like, yes, that first shot of like, oh, the the front of the boat hitting the water. It's like, yeah. okay, it's been black and white. Yeah. By the time you're in the cabin, like you forget. Right. You're, you're just, just in you're the just story. In, you're just in it. So, um, the recommendation would be to hey, go watch some more black and white movies. Yeah, go watch that. But again, too, recommendation is going to be. The links that we provide in this episode to please support and show love for Ukrainian people yeah. and just help them out. Just yep. just help out. Um, I didn't get to mention it too. Like, cool little thing that I saw too. Uh, there are like some Ukrainian people that are using their farm mobiles, like their tractors, and then stealing Russian tanks. So <laughs> keep up with that. Yeah, okay. uh, but again, please show some love and send some support to them. Yep. Uh, Frank, you must be asking, what are we doing next for Classics Film? Can I guess? You can guess. Am I going to be wrong? Uh, maybe. There's a lot of films out there. Yeah. It's not like when we started where there were only 10. Right, right. Uh, I want to say that you're going to want to do Casablanca. No, actually. Uh, no. No, I, um, I actually decided not to go, like, full, like, kind of classic, like, mainstream one with this. Okay. So we brought him up, Alfred Hitchcock. So... When you think Alfred Hitchcock, you think three movies. You think Psycho, Vertigo, and North Birds. by Northwest. Oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> Was, did he do that? Uh, pretty sure, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I just know <laughs> that famous plane scene. That's yeah. it. 
Um, but I want to do something that might tickle your fancy is the murder mystery film that he did, Rope. Never heard of it. Yep. It's pretty is good. It, is it a classic? It is a classic because it came out in 1948. <laughs> so go eat <laughs> well, a dick. Well, that just means every movie that ever came out before 1955 is a classic. Well, well that's yeah. not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the definition of a classic to you? Well, that's like, exactly the thing is it needs to be like iconic. It needs to be like, hey, this is a true classic. Like people talk about this movie. This is a movie that has aged like fine wine. I've never heard of Rope. Nobody ever talks about Rope. Is it a classic? I don't I f- know. I feel like this is like top five films that Alfred Hitchcock's made. Okay. So. That's fine. Murder Mystery. All right. Well, then uh, just be prepared for just any movie that was made before 1955. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one will be mainstream. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so Rope by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, we'll be back at you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for your support. And uh, we'll talk at you next week. Yep. Bye.